Do you have a ghost story? One that happened to you or maybe an urban legend you know? Share with us. Send it through Messenger or email us at odditiesandcuriositiespod at gmail.com. We will be doing a bonus episode for Halloween with listener stories. This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda. And Brittany. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're here. For episode 16. Yeah! Sweet uh, 16! (laughs) There ain't nothing sweet about this shit. (laughs) No. No. Oh, we got a good one for y'all. Yeah. Um, small disclaimer, if you have a weak stomach, it may not be yeah. for you. Yeah. Because we're going to be getting down and dirty about um, some pretty yuck stuff. And if you have a thing about kids, dead kids, yeah. it may not be for you. Just just a little warning. Heads up. Yeah. Um, episode 16 is on necrophilia. Y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been waiting to do this one for a very long time. I know that sounds kind of sick and twisted, but. <laughs> but we are sick and twisted. Consider so. the source. <laughs> it's whatevs. It's also Wednesday. It is Wednesday. We have a hump day treat. Hump day treat. So uh, this week we are having uh, some food and drink, food and beverage. Mm-hmm. So, I got us some daiquiris from a new place this week. Yep. I went to uh, the Highland Wine and Spirits, I think it's oh, called. Oh, that's where but you that got new... the pea wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they yeah. have um, they have a bunch of daiquiris set up there. So, I got us a vodka freeze and a margarita. Just some basic stuff for us to try. And I'm drinking the vodka freeze, and I have no complaints. I have no complaints on the margarita. It is very good. Yeah. And our food came from Shane's Seafood and Barbecue. Mm. There's several locations around here. They do, um, like, your basic fried seafood platters. They also do more complex things like uh, crab cakes and uh, stuff like that. And then, crawfish. They yeah, do. They do. Uh, they'll sell live crawfish and then boiled crawfish platters. They do like crab leg platters, mm-hmm. and then they do barbecue. And during Christmas, and they chicken. do their fried turkeys, mm-hmm. their Cajun fried turkeys. Yum. Yeah, they do it all. A little bit of everything. So, um, we dove into the fried food this week because comfort food. Why not? So we've got fried crawfish tails. It's a fried crawfish tail basket. So there's fries and coleslaw and hush puppies. And then you can't go to Shane's and not get fried pickles. Exactly. Yes. You did very well. So that's what our hump day treat is. Mm-hmm. We're going to be fat and sassy over here. Just saying. Whatever. We are anyways. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Okay. Uh, Before we get started, if you want to go over to Facebook and Instagram so you can see all the pictures that we are going to be talking about this week, maybe you don't want to, but they're there. They're going to be there. You're going to want to see them. I want to see them. If you're, (laughs) if 
you can listen to this episode, then you'll want to look at the pictures. Oh God, yes. Mm-hmm. We got. I got some good ones. Um, what what is our okay? Yeah, <laughs> on Facebook, we are Oddities and Curiosities Podcast on Insta. No, yeah, on Insta we are Oddities and Curiosities Pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How many times have we done this? <laughs> don't. Sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so go do that. Um, that's that's all the housekeeping I have. That's all I got for now. Okay, well, we might want to go ahead and dive into this one because Amanda has a long one this time. Yes, we're trading sides. Mm-hmm. So, um, before I dive into uh, my little case here, I just wanted to. <laughs> I just wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about necrophilia. Yeah. Um, Necrophilia is also known as necrophilism, necrolagnia, lagnia, something, Uh, necrocoitus, which I kind (laughs) of (laughs) like, necroclesis, and thanatophilia. That's That's a terrible word. We don't like that one, but it's there. Um, which is a sexual attraction towards or a sexual act involving corpses. Okay. Yeah. So all those words mean that. But for the sake of today, we're just calling it necrophilia. Yeah. Or maybe necrocoitus. I don't know. I kind of like the necrocoitus. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, had never, I had never heard any of those names for it, other words before. I'm still trying so. to pronounce that up. Thanatophilia. Thanatophilia. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. I'm, I'm just trying to like. It doesn't even look right. In my brain. It's not. It no. doesn't even look right. So there are 10 different classes of necrophilia. Teach me. Here we go. Are you ready, class? <laughs> yes, teacher. <laughs> the first one is role players. People who get aroused when pretending their partner is dead during sexual <laughs> activity. <laughs> don't yuck someone else's yum. I'm not, I'm not. I am not yucking it. I think it's funny. Bitch, just play dead, okay? <laughs> hey, baby. You want to try something new tonight? <laughs> just lay there. Close your eyes and don't move. Don't breathe so deeply. Damn. God. <laughs> not my cup of tea, but you do you. Yeah. Um, the second one is romantic necrophiliacs. These are bereaved people who remain attached to their dead lover's body. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, mm. it creeps me out. Yep. All the rest of these creep me out. Let them go. The third one is the necrophiliac fantasizers. People who fantasize about necrophilia but do not physically interact with corpses. They have self-control okay. is what that is. I bet um, there's a lot of those. Probably more than we mm-hmm. would like to know. Mm-hmm. The fourth is tactile necrophiliacs. People who are aroused by touching or stroking a corpse without engaging in intercourse. I can't. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, the fifth is the f- fetish. F- fetish. Fetish stick. Fish stick necrophiliacs. I knew that I'm a gay People who remove objects or body parts from a corpse for sexual fetishes without engaging in intercourse. Okay. So that's a so, thing. So, yeah. I, I, yep. Y'all can figure that one out. 
a la Ed Kimber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. The sixth one. This is a big, big word. Necromutilomaniacs. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I tried to type it, <laughs> it kept autocorrecting or trying to autocorrect to a... Uh, necromegalomaniacs <laughs> so what is that <laughs> i don't know but i did not have the time to dig into that okay um people who derive pleasure from mutilating a corpse while masturbating without engaging in intercourse so it's one step further than the stroking the dead body one okay mm-hmm. seven is opportunistic necrophiliacs people who normally have no interest in necrophilia but take the opportunity if it arises how can you tell me that they have no interest in it when they're like, oh, look, a dead body. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go do the damn thing real quick. On. Yeah. No. Well, no. maybe they didn't know that they were a necrophiliac until they saw the dead body. No, no, no. I, no I'm pretty I, sure that you know that. You have to know that. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, because, I mean... No. <laughs> Number eight is regular necrophiliacs. <laughs> Just the normies. <laughs> People who preferentially have intercourse with the dead. So that's their preference. Then we have uh, nine homicidal necrophiliacs. Necrosadists or people who murder someone in order to have sex with the victim. Oh. So... They yep. get their pleasure from the act of killing them and then having sex with them. Okay. Yeah. And the last one is exclusive necrophiliacs. People who have an exclusive interest in sex with the dead and cannot perform at all for a living partner. No. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had a couple of other charts that was like stemming off from the homicidal necrophiliacs, but that was like a rabbit hole. Yeah, I'm sure. And I just... Decided not to dive into that today. So. Yeah. Y'all can uh, do that on your own. <laughs> you can you can put that on your Google server in your own time. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, the most common motive for necrophiliacs is the possession of a partner who is unable to resist or reject them. <laughs> a rapist. Yeah. A rapist. Um, however, in the past, necrophiliacs have expressed having more than one motive. So, I guess when they did a poll of 100 necrophiliacs, <laughs> I don't know how they conducted this study, but 68% were motivated by a desire for a non-resisting or non-rejecting uh, partner. 21% were motivated by a want for a reunion with a lost partner. 15% were motivated by sexual attraction to dead people. Okay, no. I know, Gross. Um, 15% were motivated by a desire for comfort or to overcome feelings of isolation. Get a dog. Yeah, I mean, I, I, under, <laughs> I understand that desire, but that's not where you need to go with it. Get a dog. Yeah. <laughs> like the first two and the fourth one, I, I get it, but like I said, that's the, do something else. The third one? No. Mm-mm. No. I'm yucking the yum on that one. <laughs> okay, one more. Okay. 12% were motivated by a desire to remedy low self-esteem by expressing power over a corpse. So to me, that's that's that goes with the 68% to me. Yes. I um that's what I was going to say. The first one and the last one to me is rapist qualities. Yeah. 
That's that's totally the same thing. Okay. Lesser common motives include unavailability of a living partner, compensation for a fear of women, belief that sex with a living woman was a mortal sin. But there's nothing wrong with the dead ones, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's fair game. <laughs> Need to achieve a feeling of total control over a sexual partner. Compliance with a command hallucination. So like a voice in their heads telling okay. them to do it. Performance of a series of destructive acts. Expression of polymorphous, perverse sexual desires. And need to perform limitless sexual activity. (laughs) You have to do it so often, a living person (laughs) won't do it with you. Oh my gosh. That's why they make toys. Come on, get you a flashlight and move on about your business. Right? Or a vibrator. Whatevs. Males and females do it. You're right. They have dolls. Well, mm. oh my gosh. I said that. You said that. They have sex dolls. Okay. Specifically for that. I know that there are some people that have made dead people into sex dolls. I saw that earlier today. Gross. (laughs) I can't with you. I can't. (laughs) Moving on. Okay. In studies, IQ data was limited, but not abnormally low. About half had a personality disorder, and 11% of true necrophiliacs were psychotic. It was concluded that the data challenged the conventional view of necrophiliacs as generally psychotic, mentally deficient, or unable to obtain a consenting partner. Can I not speak things today? Mm. So... Just put all of that in your little uh, dictionary in your brain Got for it. necrophilia. So the case I decided to do this week, um, I went outside of the box a little bit. Okay. And decided to do my case on a woman. Women are not very common in the world of necrophilia. I love it. Um, no. And I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, my God. Y'all, I'm questioning things about Amanda right now. No, that didn't come out right. (laughs) I love that you did your case on a woman. Okay. There we go. (laughs) I'm glad you clarified. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that here in a sec. But I'm doing mine on a Miss Karen Greenlee. She was born in 1956 and is an American criminal who was convicted of stealing a hearse and having sex with the corpse it contained. <laughs> she is considered as the, quote, best-known modern practitioner of necrophilia, what end the- quote. What? Oh, you just hold on. Okay. <laughs> and her case was the subject of much research due to her gender. Nine out of ten known necrophiles are men. As well as because of the highly detailed interview she gave about her extensive practice of necrophilia in the anthology book, Apocalypse Culture. Ooh. So, and we're going to, I'm going to read a little bit of that interview for you guys. Cool. But if you want to go to the notes. Yeah. And there's a picture that says Karen Greenlee. Oh. This is the only picture I could find and be for certain that it was her. Looks like she's in a coffin. I was just about to ask that. Is she in a coffin? It looks like she's in a coffin. In like a scary, creepy basement of a morgue somewhere. Oh my god. Oh my. 
Yeah, I just can't. And she got the crazy eyes. Zoom in. She got the crazy eyes. I am. Oh, my God. Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, she's I had to get closer to my computer because I can't even make out what the. Yeah, okay. I, I don't yep. know what she's holding. I don't think uh, I want to know what she's holding. Nope, I'm good. So, that's what she looks like. Um, Yeah, she's kind of creepy as fuck looking. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> she creeps me the fuck out. So, Greenlee worked as an apprentice embalmer at the Memorial Lawn Mortuary in Sacramento, Sacramento <laughs> California. <laughs> Canada. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't do words today. <laughs> okay. I am not even. I'm not even. No, we're, we're a, barely. I'm maybe a quarter of the way through this drink. Maybe two fingers. Yeah, I can't. That, I, I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> we're going out tonight, y'all. Our, our our heads are. Be afraid. No. <laughs> now we're ready to go shake our booties. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I have to drink all this if I'm going to shake my booty in the public. Anyway. She worked as an apprentice embalmer at the Memorial Lawn Mortuary in Sacramento, California. I did it. There we go. Well done. Nailed it. On December 17th, 1979, she stole the 1975 Cadillac hearse she was driving to a funeral, along with the body of a 33-year-old man who had died a week before. She was driving the body to the funeral as intended, but when she saw the dead man's family... She pulled a U-turn and sped off. Oh my God! Can you imagine watching this bitch going? Watching your kid's body coming in the hearse, and she just pulls a U-E and goes the other way. I would lose my shit. I would too. Mm. They found her days later near Allegheny in Sierra County, according to Doctor Robert. Rochelo, Rochelo, yeah, I like it, Rochelo, okay. the doctor who pumped Greenlee's stomach, she was extremely depressed and had attempted to complete suicide by overdosing on about 20 pills of Tylenol and codeine. She was found Ooh. with a four and a half page written confession where she referred to herself as a, quote, morgue rat, <laughs> whatever that is. And admitted to having sexual contact with anywhere from 20 to 40 other bodies of young men, calling it an addiction. I would say so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honey, no. No, 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 no. At the time, necrophilia was not illegal in California, so Greenlee was only accused of stealing the hearse and interfering with a funeral. Isn't that crazy how this crime is like... And it wasn't yeah. that long ago, 1979. Yeah, yeah, I, I think now, I mean, one of the max punishments for it, I think I saw was like seven years. I don't know. I do know this. Okay. <laughs> now this act would be considered a felony. Oh, so shit. It's a felony now. Oh, okay. Okay. She pleaded guilty and was sentenced to pay. <laughs> y'all. She pleaded guilty and was sentenced to pay a $250 fine. $255. What is wrong with my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> and spend 11 days in jail. After her release, her probation included mandatory therapy, which she said helped her make peace with herself. So one of the things that she did in therapy was draw. So I do have a picture of one of her drawings. If okay. you want to look at the notes. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh... This picture 
what is of a skeleton holding <clears throat> the body of a naked woman mm-hmm. there is a skeletal hand on a thigh really in her where's thigh. that finger going i no 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 <laughs> not looking that close it it ain't cute nah. i can't <laughs> Okay, done with that. Before I clicked on it, all I could see was the upper half, and then I saw. The- <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> a little treat for you. Mm-hmm. Got some pornography on here, y'all. <laughs> God, it's not that bad, Amanda. <laughs> it's in black and white, and it's a drawing, so it doesn't count. It's art. It's art. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> oh my God. I'm bad. Okay, so Greenlee and Memorial Lawn Mortuary were sued for $1 million by Marion Gonzalez, the mother of the victim, John McCure, for severe emotional distress. Yeah! Of course. (laughs) At the Superior Court hearing, the defense psychiatrist, Dr. Captain Thompson. I am the captain. Yeah, that's, that's terrible. I'm so sorry. (laughs) said he did not think the event had much of a lasting impact on the victim's mother. Really captain who he said had a history of alcoholism and depression. Okay. I want to smack him. I don't care how depressed you are and how much alcohol you drink. Seeing a woman speed away with the body of your child. Yeah. Is, is stressful. (laughs) That event would have a lasting impact. Yeah. Can you imagine what something like that would do to somebody with dep- a mother with depression? Get oh the my fuck God. out of here, dude. Um, Richard, <laughs> listen to this last name. Richard <laughs> Kapuscinski. Yeah. <laughs> a fellow embalmer and former colleague of Greenlee testified to the jury that, quote, there was no reason to suspect that Greenlee would commit such a crime. He described her as quiet and competent. <laughs> hmm. That's all it takes. <laughs> they eventually settled for $117,000 in general and punitive damages. So Hell she got no. something, but she didn't get the million dollars. No. Yeah. No. It's not okay. No. In 1987, Greenlee gave a detailed and very frank interview called The Unrepentant Necrophile about her necrophiliac interest to Jim Morton for his book, Apocalypse Culture. Which I kind of want to read. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we might have to get that. Yeah, we need to have a uh, ONC library. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yes. Yeah, we'll put all the books on there that all of our uh, cases love to read. All of the people in our cases yeah. love to read. Yeah, yeah, because I know a few that used to carry around books of serial killers. Yes. Yeah. Okay. New project, you know, in our free time. Yeah. <laughs> what is that right hold the phone i just have to tell y'all something side note i love side notes we giggle about the free time thing but (laughs) that is no joke right now so we both work full-time jobs Mm -hmm. and we both podcast Mm -hmm. and we both have children Mm -hmm. and because i'm a brainiac i do photography on the side as well yeah because you know i have all this extra free time but yeah, if we don't get back to y'all quickly, it's because we're really busy. I don't know. We've still been be- doing pretty good on that. I still have some stickers to mail. 
I'm so sorry. Shit. <laughs> uh, well, we're first, so sorry, guys. It took us forever to get the stickers. Yeah, it took us a long time. And then, then I got the COVID. She got sick. My kid got sick. And like, then we're here now. I'm sorry, y'all. There's just been a whole bunch of bullshit. No, it's my fault. They're at my house. They're sitting on my table. And I will send them out to you guys. So, Brandy, Michelle, Philip, and Josh, your stickers are coming. Okay. So, that was a really long side note. Mm. In the interview done at the height of the AIDS crisis, she talked about how her preferred men would tend to be sick. She states, quote, the group I find attractive, young men in their 20s, are the ones who are dying of AIDS, end quote. This, of course, raises a major question. The image of a necrophiliac is generally a male. How does a woman do it, and why would AIDS be a concern? My question. <laughs> okay, I shall answer that for okay. you now. <laughs> Greenlee's answer, quote, when you're on top of a body, it tends to purge blood out of its mouth while you're making passionate love. You have to be there, I guess. End quote. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she finds blood and the smell of death attractive. Quote, I find the odor of death very erotic. There are death odors and there are death odors. Now, you get your body that's been floating in the bay for two weeks Ugh. or a burn victim. That doesn't attract me much. Nope, me either. <laughs> But a freshly embalmed corpse is something else, end quote. Mm. But how does a woman make passionate love to a dead guy? Yeah. That's a question she was asked quite frequently. I want to know. Her response, quote, I don't mind telling people how I do it. It doesn't matter to me, but anyone adept sexually shouldn't have to ask. People have this misconception that there has to be penetration for sexual gratification, which is bull. The most sensitive part of a woman is the front area anyway, and that is what needs to be stimulated. You know, the part that they can't <laughs> find. <laughs> Besides, there are <laughs> Besides, there are different aspects of sexual expression. Touchy-feely, 69, even holding hands. That body is just lying there, but it has what it takes to make me happy. The cold, the aura of death, the smell of death. The funeral surrounding, it all contributes. End quote. Uh, I can't. Uh, I can't. Uh, you do you. Uh, <sighs> Karen, Karen. 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 <laughs> Karen. <laughs> oh, my God. Karen. It's always a Karen. Always. Oh. <laughs> so, what exactly is the origin of a necrophiliac? Okay. Some studies have shown that children who are abused can grow up to find comfort in the unyielding embrace of the dead. Jesus. Greenlee knew she was attracted to corpses from a very early age, and death had always fascinated her. Quote, It's something I've been attracted to all of my life. I used to hold funeral services for my pets when they died. Had a little pet graveyard. I lived in a small town, and the fireman's barbecue was next door to the funeral home. To go to the bathroom, you had to use the facilities in the funeral home. I'd find any excuse I could to go to the bathroom, then I'd take a side trip and wander around the mortuary, end quote. Over the years, she was caught more than once, but if you believe her, she wasn't the only one. She says that the world behind the doors of a mortuary is one most people wouldn't believe. It's filled with inappropriate jokes and more than a little touchy-feely. 
Greenlee reportedly regretted doing the interview. She ultimately changed her identity and moved to another city. The end. Well, shit. Yeah, so I don't know where she's at or what she's doing. She could be working at your friendly neighborhood funeral home. So, y'all keep a close eye on Papaw. Because I'm assuming she is attracted to age-appropriate males. (sighs) I don't know. (laughs) But that creeps me out. Yeah. And maybe I'm rethinking the whole cremation thing. Oh, I'm totally being cremated. Oh, I still want to have, like, a big, beautiful... You could have your urn... You remember that, like, small mausoleum that we saw at the Oddities and Curiosities Expo? I took a picture of it. Oh, yeah. That you can put an urn inside of? But can that be placed in a really spooky cemetery for me to haunt for the rest of my days? Yeah. Okay. Then I'm on board with that. You could have a miniature. (sighs) But I want to be better. Okay, I still we will need to build big... you the black fucking mausoleum yes. and put your urn in there. Yes, and I want black roses all around it and black orchids. And I want it to be spooky AF on the inside. Okay. And then we can get the little tiny one and put it on a pedestal <gasps> in the middle. Yeah, With the moonlight shining in through the ceiling. There you go. There you go. That's what we're doing. <laughs> it's... <laughs> I'm just a grown-up emo kid. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Y'all don't worry about me. It's okay. <laughs> so, that was my case. Karen Greenlee. I like it. Uh, I still have so many questions. I want to talk to her. We need to read the interview. I really want to. Yeah. Like, I just got got the stuff that pertained to my story. Mm-hmm. But there are websites you can go to to read the whole whole interview. Okay. Or you can just buy the buy the dude's book. I don't know what else is in the book. I think it's like one of those anthology things of all different types of... Even stories. more of a reason to get it. If he's going to put something like that in there. What other juicy stuff I is know. in there? <laughs> you okay. said juicy and we're talking about dead bodies. I know. That's correct. I kind of did it on purpose. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Tell me stories. I'm going to tell you a big story. Okay. About the doll maker. Okay. <laughs> Y'all just buckle the fuck up. Okay. All right. I'm strapped in. This was the very first podcast I ever heard was about this case. So I had to do it justice. It's what got me hooked. Okay. Here we go. I'm ready. Quote, Anatoly Mosfin loved history. He spoke 13 languages, traveled extensively, taught at the college level, and was a journalist in Nizhny Novgorod, Russia's fifth largest city, about 250 miles from Moscow. Moskvin was also a self-proclaimed expert on cemeteries and dubbed himself a necropolist. I don't know. I don't know That's not a real word, so I don't know what that is. Too bad he took his expertise to unhealthy levels. (laughs) Dum-dum-dum. Born September 1st, 1966 to Yuri and Elvira in what was then the city of Gorky. After, like, the Cold War and a whole bunch of other shit, it was renamed as Nizhny. It was a beautiful place to grow up. It's known as one of the sunniest cities in Russia. His childhood, however, was a bit rough. Um, He didn't have any abusive parents or anything like that, but he was just an oddball. He was extremely intelligent, and he did really well academically. 
But he was also socially awkward, so he didn't have any friends, and he was often bullied in school. But he read a lot, and he soon acquired an extensive book collection. Like, oh, my God. I think he had, like, 60,000 books. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, yeah, extensive. Um, It is said that when he was in third grade, he came home one day with bruises all over him, and he claims that he was raped by an unknown man, but... We don't know if he told his parents about it, so we don't, and it's never actually been confirmed. But they they knew that he was a troubled kid, so it was kind of nothing new for him to come home and act like stuff was bothering him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just kind of chalked up his quirkiness to him being so extremely smart. He loved to study. Who loves to study? No one. There's no people. Like he did it all on his own, which is cool, but. Why? Why no, I mean, that's it? number one red flag for me right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they never imagined how deep this would actually go. When he was older, Anatoly became known as the ultimate expert on cemeteries in his city. He attributes his obsession with the macabre to an event that happened early in his teens. Moskvin shared this story in Necrologies, which is a weekly publication dedicated to cemeteries and obituaries. Okay. Um, That sounds interesting. Yeah. I I think, I don't, I tried to find it. I don't believe it's still running. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyways, he published stuff in there a lot. His last article for the publication was October 26th of 2011. And he described this incident. Here we go. One day in 1979, he was 13, and he was walking home from school, picking up trash around the neighborhood for a school recycling project. He came upon a group of men in black suits in what appeared to be a funeral procession at one of the houses. Curious little lad that he was, he decided to check it out. When he looked inside, he saw a bunch of people standing around. Um, There was a coffin in there with... the mom sitting by it and all that kind of stuff. Um, this was pretty common. Mm-hmm. They that's what they did in Russia. But had um, at, hmm? the, had the wakes at their homes. Right, right. Um, it was the funeral of eleven-year-old Natasha Petrova. He knew who she was and what had happened to her. Um, but they weren't friends or anything. They didn't go to the same school. All that stuff. But poor Natasha, how she died. She was getting out of the bath one night. And she came in contact with an exposed wire in the bathroom, and her little body couldn't handle it, and she unfortunately passed away. That's so sad. It is very sad. Uh, When the men saw Anatoly, they forcefully ushered him to the mother, and then the mother led him to Natasha. He's going, what the fuck is going on? Why do you want me in here? As he got closer, he could see her lying in the open coffin. The mother gave him an apple, kissed his forehead, and then instructed him to do the same to Natasha. He didn't want, he did not want to, he was freaked yeah. the fuck out. Um, but he didn't want to, but the vibe around the room was kind of like, uh, it was really intense and he knew that he wasn't being asked to do it. One mm-hmm. of the guys actually kind of pushed his head towards the girl. Mm-hmm. Fucking hate head pushers. Like, right? Get, get, stop it. Keep your hands yourself. Anyways. Sorry. that just popped into my head i don't know why so he did it in the article he wrote i kissed her once then again then again so he kissed her three times on the forehead 
The girl's grieving mother then put a copper wedding ring on Anatoly's finger and a ring on her daughter's finger. Yep, they were married. What? Hmm. The mother then gave... What is wrong with her? Okay, I'm sorry. I gotta tell you. Uh, The mother then gave him some money and some candy and instructed him not to speak of this to anyone for 40 days. Why 40 days? Girl, they were under some culty shit. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, He ditched the apple, however, and bought a book about animals with the money that she gave him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was like, okay, whatever. Um, These are, of course, his words. Unfortunately, we cannot verify it because the girl's mother has passed since then. Mm -hmm. But it very possibly could have happened because the forehead kissing was actually a Russian ritual performed often at the funerals. And for some reason, they also believe that it was okay to have a wedding for your deceased daughter so she would not have to go to heaven unwed. Yeah. So this could have been like a totally normal event, but his unusual brain may have exaggerated the whole situation. Yeah, because it's weird. It is very weird. It is very weird. But he said, my strange marriage with Natasha Petrova was useful, however, He said it led to a belief in magic and ultimately a fascination with the dead. He started hanging out in the cemeteries. His favorite was the local Krishnaya Etna, which just happened to be where his lovely bride was buried. Mm. Hmm. Her mother moved away a couple of years after her death, so he felt like it was his responsibility to look after her, take care of her. Right. Um, He felt like she had just been deserted. So he protected her, and he even slept there. Okay, that's sad and weird, but Mm -hmm. why would you move away from where you buried your daughter? Well, her husband actually died a year before her daughter did. So So she she, left his body, too. Yeah, so she kind of just, like, bolted out of that place. I I don't know. I don't like Natasha's mom. I don't really either. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't couldn't leave my kid. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Dead or not, I I couldn't do it. I could not do it. Um, soon after he started having weird, vivid dreams about Natasha, she told him about dark magic and she sang to him, enticing him to come to the dark side. Mm -hmm. The dreams scared the shit out of him. He told his parents about them, but he left out the part about their elopement. The parents did take him to a doctor, but the doctor said, "Eh, it's just puberty. And he prescribed him some valerian, which was, um, it's an herbal supplement, but it's like a major chill pill. Yeah. It, it'll a lot get of you. people use it to go to sleep now. Yeah. Um, it, which is fine, but, you know, he was just like, whatever. He'll be fine. A little side tidbit real quick. <laughs> On the movie Monster House, Ashton loves that movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, the little boy's freaking out about his neighbor, yada, yada, yada. And the babysitter like is like, what's wrong with you? And he goes, puberty. Lots and lots of puberty. Yeah. <laughs> when you said that, that's what popped into my brain. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, sorry. Yeah, the doctor said it's puberty, it's lots and lots of puberty. (laughs) And he'll be fine. Just take this and go home. But it wasn't fine. She haunted his dreams once again, but this time she was more evil. After a year of this, he said, screw it, and he started talking to her. And he asked her how he could make her go away. Um, She said that she would leave him alone if he did a ritual on some poor kid from school that involved using that kid's tooth. I don't know what it was, but it worked. He was free. So, did he, like, knock out somebody's tooth? It doesn't say. It just says that it involved using this kid's tooth. I don't know hey, how he got it. let me tie string around your tooth real quick. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know. Maybe he waited for a kid to have a, well, if they're 13, who would have a loose tooth? No, he's going to have to knock one yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, it worked. He was free. Life went back to normal, and he immersed himself in his studies once again. But he still visited her grave whenever he was in the area. That's weird, man. You're weird. <laughs> I mean. Anatoly. He was just visiting a dead girl's grave. That he was married to and mm-hmm. spoke to in his dreams. and Yeah. It's it's fine. It's fine. After high school, he attended the University of Moscow, earning an advanced degree in Celtic studies, which is um, it's a culture whose mythology often blurs lines between life and death. He joined up with a little group called the Luciferian Society. Okay. Yeah. Um, they're, they say that they're different from Satanists, but it's still close enough um they still reject christianity and they believe in lucifer but they believe that he's more like a paragon and celebrated his light instead of his darkness okay okay you've seen the show lucifer right no the fuck okay y'all seen the show lucifer right <laughs> i don't get to watch tv they kind of they they like i watch monster house <laughs> well i mean number one he's hot as hell but, you know, whatever. The, like, Lucifer comes to Earth, and he starts having human experiences, and he's he can be good, and he can be bad as well. Like, he's, they believe that he can be, be both, because he was, after all, a fallen angel. So, sort of similar to Cole on Charmed. Yeah! He was a demon, but he could be good. Right. He was part human. Right. Okay. You get it. I can relate there you to go. TV I, I watched when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I can't believe you haven't watched Lucifer. I don't get to watch TV. Oh, I'm no, not exaggerating. True. That is And true. when I do, I watch stuff like murder documentaries. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I love those. Okay. Let me take a drink. Hold on. Okay. They did, however, abstain from sex and alcohol and smoking. I'm out. Why? I'm out. <laughs> Why? No. Do they not believe in fun? Do they not play games also? Apparently not. <laughs> they, <laughs> that that just sounds really boring to me. I know. Uh, yeah, so that's where they lost me. But they, um, they also performed rituals on dead animals. They were already dead. They didn't kill them. So they just go scoop roadkill with a shovel? Like... Yep. Really? Yep. <laughs> What in the actual fuck is happening? They, I mean, they... I'm not going to Russia. <laughs> I've got no reason to go to Russia. I'm done. I don't know. <laughs> Me, after my case last week, how they just kill everybody. Oh. And then your case, now, I'm done with Russia. <laughs> I don't think I'll be vacationing there anytime soon. No offense to any Russian people that listen to the podcast. I'm just scared of y'all. Oh, I really like the accent. And Russian guys are hot. You think all the guys are hot? No, Russian guys are hot. Okay, name me a nationality that's not hot. You can't do it. <laughs> Moving on. Um. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Okay. Quit interrupting my swallow. Okay. <laughs> he really loved the theories of um, all the fallen angels, which were called the Watchers. He dove deeper and deeper into this. By day, he was writing his philology thesis and focusing on his independent studies. But by night, he was studying black magic and Celtic culty stuff. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now a distinguished linguist, phil- philologist, journalist. Philologist? Philologist. That's yep. That's a word. That's a big I word. I had to practice it. Because <laughs> it's not like philosophy, it's philologist. Philologist. Falafel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Journalist, right. historian, tutor of children. And they really liked him. Like, really, really liked him. He had an insanely high IQ. I think it was like 150, 140 something. Pretty pretty damn high. I think the average is like 120. So, or, or like the high average is like 120. Anyways, uh, many agreed that his writings were extremely well done. One of his editors, Alexi Yeeson, even referred to them as priceless. Okay. He published four dictionaries as well as many other works of genius, according to his colleagues. He published dictionaries. He published dictionaries. Okay. He had a, a he he really did publish a lot of stuff. Um, his colleagues said that he was kind, punctual, punctual, and eccentric. He quickly made a name for himself because of his obsession with knowledge, and he became the a professor at Nishni Linguistic University. But it didn't work out because he had problems getting along with people. Of course. Yeah, there were issues. I don't know what, but there were issues. Of course. He did, however, have a relationship once. In 2003, he met a spiritual woman named Yulia Granova. He entered into a non-sexual relationship with her. Whatever. Okay. She was down with it. It was actually her idea because they were into the same stuff. So. Okay. Whatever. Um, she did want a child, though, so they decided to try and adopt. His parents were completely against it, and it caused a huge fight between them. Because they know he's cuckoo bananas. Well, <laughs> I'm about to give you two really good reasons why. Okay. Number one, he still lived with mommy and daddy. Okay, that's a good reason. K- kinda. In a very filthy apartment. He was pretty much a hoarder, so the home was not suitable for children. I will show you pictures later. Okay. Uh, number two, he barely made enough money to feed himself. Despite all of the publishings that he had, he really didn't make a lot of money off of them. So he was living paycheck to paycheck. To paycheck. There's no way that he could take care of a child. Now, when I say that he kind of lived with his parents, he lived in their apartment, but they were gone half the year to their country home. I wonder what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I want to have a country home. I think they left in, like, April and came back around the holidays. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, They even took the cat, so he was all (laughs) by himself. But he had his writings in his graveyards to keep him busy. Because of his extensive knowledge on the local cemeteries and his researching skills, in July of 2005, he was hired by historian Oleg Ryoblov. Ryoblov. Whatever. To research... (laughs) All of the people that were buried in about 700 cemeteries. they uh, He had to do this because many of the death records in these cemeteries were lost during the Soviet regime and they needed to be redocumented. The newspaper articles and other documents were so old and they were in really bad condition so the information was not trustworthy. Okay. From 2005 to 2007, he recorded over a thousand names of the deceased Noting who they were and even a few facts about each one. Even tidying up the graves a bit as he went. He visited 752 cemeteries total. Oh my gosh. Okay. He was busy. Dude. Let let me tell you about 
his life during that time. This is all significant. I know this is a lot of backstory, but it's all significant. Uh, he lived like a drifter during this time. He traveled by foot. Some people did, um, every once in a while, offer him rides. And they even bought him some food every once in a while. And he was able to travel by bus. But most of the time, he walked, traveling as much as 32 kilometers a day. Which, for us Americanites, it's about 20 miles That's a day. Too much. That's too much. Yeah. And it's not just, like, paved roads. I mean, it was back road shit. Yeah. So, it it was a hike. He drank from puddles when he was thirsty, when he was Bro, tired. Get a get a canteen. Hmm. I mean, they had to have had them. It was two thousand five to two thousand seven. Well, they yes, were around. They had get the- you a water bottle, bruh. <laughs> I mean, my God. <laughs> Grab some Dasani at the next Jesus. gas station. I mean, he didn't have a lot of money, so I don't know. He he. Mm. When he was tired, he slept in the cemeteries, even in the coffins. Yuck. One morning, some caretakers came upon him sleep, sleeping in a vacant coffin that was being prepared for a deceased grandmother. Thank God they were already drunk, so they didn't think anything of it. They were like, oh, hey, good morning. <laughs> so morning. They, I don't know. They just kind of let him go on about his little merry way. And no one bothered him much when he was, you know, doing all this research and but when he was approached by police which i mean it didn't happen often but it did um he would show his credentials and they would just allow him to continue so it wasn't a big deal and so he did gathering info and constantly researching for his new book he continued writing articles during this time as well moskvin posted a documentary series of his travels and discoveries entitled entitled great walks around cemeteries and what the dead said these, I would watch that. Honey, these continue to be published in a weekly newspaper. Like, okay. it, now it's like a column of, okay, of so different people a, writing, a writing in. You, okay, not yeah, a no, he docuseries, was, not a video docuseries. Right. I just heard docuseries and immediately thought Netflix. <laughs> he, he does have one, but it's not on there anymore. I can't find it. I tried to find it today. It's called Dollmaker. <laughs> it exists, but I can't find it on Prime. I can't find it. On YouTube. We have recently acquired a fire stick. Yes, bitch. So I'm going to try to find it now. Okay. Okay. From 2006 to 2010, his articles raised the eyebrows of several. The public harshly criticized and accused him of being an extremist. In 2008, he published a book about the history of the swastika. And it caught him some flack and he was labeled as a fascist. And all of this stuff, like, ended up perking the ears of the E-Division, which is the Russian Department of Internal Affairs, specifically the anti-terrorist outfit. Okay. Mm-hmm. In 2009, locals began to discover the graves of their loved ones being desecrated, sometimes completely dug up. Mm-hmm. Officials decided to beef up their police units and set up some stakeouts. Groups composed of their most experienced detectives who specialize in extremist crimes. But for nearly two years, the leads went nowhere. And the graves continued to be desecrated and no one knew why. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Then a break in the investigation came following a terrorist attack at the Domodedovo airport in Moscow in 2011. Shortly afterward, authorities heard reports of Muslim graves being desecrated in Nizhny. 
investigators were led to a cemetery where someone was painting over the pictures of dead Muslims, but not damaging anything else. Um, he was just going around painting them and attaching newspaper articles of the deceased to the tombstones. Like, so he wasn't really desecrating him, but he was in there. So they're yeah. like, eh, what's this still doing? It's still weird. Yeah. So they took him in on November 2nd. Eight police officers went to his apartment after they apprehended him at the graves of the Muslims to gather evidence. Here we fucking go. Okay, I'm ready. What they found there shocked them all and shook the world. Upon entering the apartment, police were hit with a very nasty, vile smell. There was shit everywhere, in every room. Not, like, papers and books and trash and clothes and just random clutter were scattered all throughout, you could barely see the floors. So, like a hoarders episode. Yes, ma'am. Okay. They noticed that there were these life-size dolls everywhere, even in the garage. Okay. One officer picked one up, and he noticed that it was a little squishy and soft, and it rattled a little bit, and then it even played music. They had on clothing. Um, some wore knee-high boots. Others had makeup on their faces that... Moskvin had like covered in fabric for some reason. He also had hidden their hands in fabric. They opened one up and discovered that these were not dolls. They were the mummified corpses of human girls. Yeah. (laughs) Neighbors began crowding outside as they loaded each one into a truck. That is so insane. Yeah. So insane. Oh, it gets. I know. Keep going. uh, I know. Inside the chest of the mini dolls, Moskvin had embedded the music boxes. One of them even had a voice box that said, Teddy loves honey, or something oh, like God. that. Yeah. <laughs> there were also photographs and plaques taken off of all of the gravestones. They found doll making manuals and maps of local cemeteries strewn about their apartment. Police even discovered the clothes worn by the girls that they were buried in. Yeah, he got new clothes for them, like, out of the trash and along with the nail polish that he used oh as, my gosh. for makeup. Investigators later found that the music boxes, and he also put toys inside of them. Oh, God. Uh, and toys inside of the bodies of the dead girls were so they could talk to him. They were also, there were also personal belongings and clothing inside some of the mummies. One had a piece of her own gravestone with her name scrawled on it inside of her body. Another one contained a hospital tag with the date and cause of the girl's death. There was also a dried human heart that was found inside of a third Ah. body. I'm guessing the people that had her buried just wanted her to keep her heart because he didn't. It it makes no sense that it would have just been for that one girl. Like, why wouldn't he have done it for all of them? Like, after you hear Mm -hmm. more of why he did it. Uh, He admitted that he would stuff the decayed corpses with rags to keep their shape. He would wrap nylon tights around their faces or fashion doll faces onto them if if he couldn't use their heads. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Uh, One of them even had a teddy bear head. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, Yeah. Hmm. He would also insert buttons or toy eyes into the girl's eye sockets. Nope, nope, nope. Don't do the buttons. That makes me think of Coraline. I know. And the other mother. <laughs> oh, my God. That creepy-ass other mother. You can pick any color you want, Coraline. Ah! <laughs> Look. 
So he gave them eyes so they could watch cartoons with him. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> okay police found documentation that he kept about each girl he kept track of their birthday their likes their dislikes what grade they were in all all kinds of shit he even went to local pta meetings as a prospective parent to keep up with schooling he i cannot even (laughs) the they were real to him they were very real to him very, very much. He even sang them a special birthday song called Crocodile Gina's Birthday Song. And I have that song. Yeah. Okay. It even, it's like a little animation and it's got the translation down at the bottom of it. Oh, so I when I post it, like, you'll be able to, it's weird. Oh my gosh. But it's a very popular Russian birthday song. No, it's not. That's insane. Yeah. Пусть бегут неуклюже пешеходы по лужам, а вода по асфальту рекой. И неясно прохожим в этот день непогожий, почему я веселый такой. Ах, я играю на гармошке у прохожих на виду. К сожалению, день рождения только раз. they're different (laughs) um anatoly said that he mostly loved all of his girls um the ones that were in the garage he claimed to have grown to dislike there's a reason for that hold on (laughs) He he had a very precise method for picking out the girls that he would bring home when he first started he he started with older girls but they were too hard to bring home because they were too big so he started searching for younger ones he would look in obituaries and then he would go visit the grave of the girls and if they spoke to him he would take them home but only if they gave him permission Oh, I can't. He had a special way of removing the bodies from the graves as well. With a chisel, he would break into the head of the coffin, like the top of it, Mm -hmm. where the head was, and drag them out. But he made like a little tunnel going behind the tombstone. So you couldn't even tell. Like, And then he would cover up the ground, level it all out, put the grass back, and made it look perfect. Um, So no one even noticed that the grave had been robbed. Even the families that came to visit their loved ones, like they had no idea that their babies were gone. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. He, he knew that what he was doing was wrong and against the law, but he said that he had to. He said their well-being was more important. Uh-uh. He said he dug up the graves of the girls because he was lonely. He was single, and his biggest dream was to have a daughter. Moskvin added that he had done what he did because he was waiting for science to find a way to bring the dead back to life. He believed that cloning was going to become a thing. Oh, my gosh. Like, at this time, it was illegal. So he was going to keep them and preserve them until science could bring them back to life or clone them. Because he really believed that science was on his way. So him and his creepy-ass girlfriend aren't together anymore? So him and his creepy-ass oh, girlfriend, shit. they're not together anymore? No, they split up. After they couldn't do the adoption, they split up. Okay. My bad. That's okay. I thought they were still together. I forgot to write that. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> We've figured it out now. Yeah, sorry, guys. 
They split up after the adoption debacle. Okay. Okay. In the meantime, he used a simple solution of salt and baking soda to preserve the girls. He wouldn't take them to his house from the cemetery right away. He would stash them in, like, a corner of the cemetery that was, you know, real desolate. He so attached. just put them out in the weather? Well, I mean, they, they were probably shaded by trees. And it, it was where people, like, wouldn't go, oh, shit, there's a body over there. They were kind of hidden. Okay. He attached salt and baking soda to their bodies using, um, like, pantyhose. <laughs> he put it inside the pantyhose to dehydrate them. He'd come back about once a week to replace the bags. And when it was done, he would carry them home in a backpack. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't. What's, what's worse is that Moskvin's parents did not know anything. They, I mean, they saw the dolls. They didn't question where these creepy nope. ass dolls came from. Nope, nope. She's his mom said that we saw the dolls, but we did not suspect that they were dead bodies. We thought it was a hobby, and we just didn't see anything wrong with it. Oh, he he god. had something to do. They knew he was a little weird. They just let him do his thing. Oh my gosh. Yep. Okay. Yep. 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 But he was caught. So. Shoes in Moskvin's apartment matched footprints near the desecrated graves, and police knew without a doubt that they had their grave robber. Mm-mm. In all, authorities recovered 29 life-size dolls from his apartment. They ranged in age from 3 to 25. Oh, my gosh. One I bet that 25-year-old was in the garage, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one corpse he kept for nearly nine years. Like, this wasn't just a new thing. That whole time... The whole time that he was going to the cemeteries and hanging out, he was getting bodies. The whole yeah. freaking time. I can't. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, one corpse he kept for nearly nine years. Her name was Olga Chardimova. She was his first. She was 10 years old when she passed. Uh, she was murdered in a robbery. That's so sad. He actually took her back in 2003. This was when he started. 2003. The night that he got in the argument with his parents about the adoption. So that's how he solved that? Yep. That's what he went and did. That's how he blew off his steam. He went and got a kid. Wow. He was charged with a dozen crimes, all of which dealt with the desecration of graves. The Russian media called him the Lord of the Mummies and the Perfumer after um, a novel called Perfume. Okay. It, it was kind of about the same kind of stuff. Weird. Neighbors were shocked. They said that the renowned historian was quiet and that his parents were nice people. Sure, a rancid smell emanated from his apartment whenever he opened the door, but a neighbor chalked it up to the stink of something that rots in the basements. I mean, it was an old building. An old building smell. Plus like he, that? As well, soon as you open the door, you get hit in the face with dead body smell? Plus, he was a hoarder, oh, so God. they just kind of figured maybe it was some rotten food or Mm-mm-mm. maybe a Mm-mm. dead cat. Mm-mm. You know, <laughs> you never know what you're going to find in there. Nope, nope, nope. Um, yeah. Moskin's editor at Necrology's Alexi didn't think anything of his writer's eccentricities. Many of his articles enlighten his sensual interest in deceased young women, which I took for romantic and somewhat childish fantasies that the t- talented writer emphasized. Yeah, he described the historian to have quirks, but he didn't 
like nobody thought that this dude they never suspected yeah never they knew he was weird but never never in a million years thought that that he would do this um total he desecrated about i think it was 150 but he was only charged with or confessed to 44 to the victims he said you abandoned your girls i brought them home and warmed them up he said he cared for them and never hurt them at all. He never dismembered them. He did not have sex with them. This was, he's more like a necromancer, but what? He said to the victim's parents, mm-hmm. you abandon your girls. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't. Um, he never even, like, he made sure that he didn't even cuss in front of them. I mean, he, he was. Well, good for you. He was serious. He was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia (laughs) and sentenced to time in a psychiatric ward following his sentencing. Um, Normally, like back then, that crime would have only been about five years, but he's still there. Good. He is not fit for trial. No. At all. In September of 2018, the new lawyer that he had actually tried to get him out and continue psychiatric treatment at home. Get uh, this. No. He's got him a woman. Shut, no. That shut he's up. ready to marry. Shut up. You're lying. Mm-mm. He met her in the same tri- treatment facility that he's in. Oh, okay. She's that's a, a great former idea. patient. It's a match made in heaven. Oh, yeah. That's a great <laughs> idea. Um, she, like, she was there... They weren't there at the same time, but when she heard about all this stuff going on, she started reading up on it, and it's almost like a Ted Bundy thing. Like, (laughs) she became fascinated with him and Mm -mm. Mm -mm. recently visits him. The family's victims think otherwise. Natalia Chardimova, the mother of Olga, Mm -hmm. believes that he should stay locked up for the rest of his life. She said, this creature brought fear, terror, and panic into my life. I shudder to think that he will have freedom to go where he wants. Neither my family nor the families of the other victims will ever be able to sleep peacefully. He needs to be kept under surveillance. I insist on a life sentence, only under medical supervision, without the right of free movement. I still find it hard to grasp the scale of this sickening work. But for nine years, he was living with my mummified daughter in his bedroom. I had her for ten years. He had her for nine. Yeah. 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 Local prosecutors also agree with her statement, and so do his own parents. Even though psychiatrists say Mossman, now in his early 50s, is improving... Yeah, uh, no, Mm-mm. he's he's still getting denied. Like he's, I think he comes up for review like every six months. But there, his his mom said that they feel, feed him like fifteen pills a day, so he's like a zombie. Yeah. There, there's no way he's getting better. Since his prosecution, several of Moskvin's colleagues quit their collaboration with him. His parents live in utter isolation as their community ostracizes them. Like he's become the most hated man in Russia. Or one of. At that time, he was the most hated. Yeah. He's still one of. Um, Like, they, people were just so, so mean to them. Elvira suggested that she and her husband do a suicide pact because she was so miserable. But her husband talked her out of it. And they're actually both in really bad health right now. Aww. But 
Moskvin allegedly told authorities not to bother reburying the girls too deeply because he will simply unbury them when he's released. And that's why he's not getting out. And that's why he will be in there for the rest of his mm-hmm. entire life, in which he should. So, I went through all of this pretty fast. Would you like to go look at the notes? I was wondering what you were some doing. pictures? Because there's no names for the girls. They're just... Mm, I will point out a few that, that go together. Okay. Okay. Um, first of all, you can look at Anatoly. Okay. He ain't cute. No. No. He, he, he's got the crazy eyes. Yeah. <laughs> he's got that stare. Okay. This Russian dude is not hot. No. no not at all. No. No. Um, there's also a picture of him when he was arrested. He's a little beat up. I have a feeling the cops may have oh, probably. roughed him up a little bit. Yeah. I have a picture of his mom and dad. Okay. They look normal. They do look normal. I feel so bad for them. She looks like a like she wears the pants, though. Look at her face. Look uh, at their facial yeah. expressions. She totally wears the pants in that relationship. Absolutely. I totally believe that. Okay. So, if you want to go look at the picture that says Olga... Okay, this was his longest one, right? That was his first, and that's her as a doll. Oh my gosh, I can't. Mm-hmm. Look so it, it a shows a picture girl. of her when she was alive and a picture of her as a doll. She was so pretty. She was very precious. Very, very precious. So sad. The other two, there's the teddy bear. It's like It's got a blue, like, rainbow-looking kind of t-shirt okay. on. Let's see. It has a teddy bear head. Okay, that is creepy. That is creepy. Especially there, when you know that's like a person body. Uh-huh. The first doll picture that I have, I mean, you can just look through these. and The first doll picture is, you can see the girl's face still through the, um, like, little mesh mask that he has oh, on her my face. stars. Yeah. There's one that looks like she's in a ski suit. And oh, it has, it has a number suit. taped to her chest. Mm-hmm. If you go to the picture right below that, that is what, that's the body without the ski suit. Like, that's, that's, it's, she's got like a little tanked, it's an actual mummified body. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's, that's not When they unwrapped it, that's what they found. Like, that was the first doll that they found, and they unwrapped everything, and they were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, that's terrible. That's it is terrible. very terrible. I almost did not put that picture on there, but I was like... Mm. We kind of had to. Yeah. And then the rest are just pictures of all of his random dolls. There's one that kind of looks like a life-size Barbie doll. In that, like the my-size thing. Yeah. yeah she's propped that up. that very elaborate wig and mm-hmm. a gown. Well, he put the Barbie head on the body. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, that's enough of that. Yep. <laughs> We're done. That's it. Okay, so who enjoys <laughs> necrophilia now? <laughs> uh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Whew. So that was great. I loved it. Yeah. I think we both had really unique cases. Oh my gosh. I love yeah. that you did a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Like these these were great. This was a good week, you guys. It was. We're gonna toot our own horns. I know. <laughs> we can we kinda have to. Yeah. We need something. <laughs> If uh, you want to toot our horn for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always better when somebody else does it. <laughs> I can't. Oh, my God. 
Okay, so go to uh, Apple. <laughs> yeah, that place. Make sure you are following us on all the things. Mm-hmm. Wherever you listen, Apple, Spotify, what have you. We're on so much stuff. We're on all the things. So however you listen to us, make sure you're subscribing, following, you know, whatever your app requires. Um, rate and review us on Apple. Because that helps us out so much. I don't even think. Street cred. (laughs) Yes, I don't even think y'all realize how much that helps us. So, if uh, if you would go give us um, a review, just just a sentence, just a something, and we'll get. We still have three stickers to give away. You know what? Hmm. You can even give us a bad review. We don't have any bad reviews yet, and they say that you haven't made it until you get a bad one. Why would you welcome the bad review? Because okay. Yes, people are reacting in a good way, but I honestly wouldn't mind a few critiques, like something that maybe okay, y'all would... don't give us a bad one. Give us a constructive one. Like we said, that's for, okay. Yes. You can be constructive. Just don't be mean. Don't be mean. There's no reason. There's no need for that. We're very pleasant. We're adults. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It's super important. If, for some reason, you don't want to type out a sentence about how much you love us, then give us a rating. Yeah, that works too. Ratings help also. Mm-hmm. Reviews are better. We'll take what we can get at this point. But reviews we, are better because you get stickers. Yes, stickers. Yeah. And then, you know, follow us on all our social media things Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you want to uh, send us a message or an email, our emails oddities and curiosities pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. If you have any hump day treat ideas, if you have any episode ideas, or. If you have a spooky story mm-hmm. that you would like to share with us, we are going to be doing a very special Halloween episode if we get enough listener stories. So. Yes. We really want to do it. So send us your, send us your stuff. Yes. Do it. It can be personal or a story you've just heard. Yeah. We don't or care. even if like you have an urban legend type thing. Ooh, ghost stories. Like. Yeah. Did you, you tell as a kid? Yeah, well, like, if you have something regional to your area, like a super cool um, haunted house or Mm -hmm. a legend about your area, like we had one about a ghost in railroad tracks and, like, you know, all this. If you have something in your area and you want to share that, that would be awesome, too. We just want some spooky, some spooky real-life stuff for our listener episode. So, what else? Got anything else? No. Okay. Well, then, I guess we're going to let you go. Yeah. (laughs) We're fixing to go out on the town. Yeah. You'll probably already have seen Facebook photos of our night on the town. Oh, because we're so posting those. By the time you listen to this episode. Yeah. We get to dress up in 2090s attire yes, tonight. We're going to a millennial party. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. It's going to be so much fun. Because this is what super cool, awesome women in their 30s and 40s do. They go to millennial parties. So Yeah. Because we're badasses. We can do that. Moms have fun. Moms can have fun. Okay, so that's all we got. We'll see you here next week. I was going to say see, but we don't really see them. Okay, well, um, <laughs> we'll talk to you <laughs> next we week. We will talk to you next week. <laughs> okay, bye, you guys. Bye.